You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm super eager and excited to chat with Brandon Earhart. Brandon leads the Expedia Group Platform Loyalty Program that rewards supply partners who provide the best experience for their guests. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thanks for joining me. Rob, thanks for having me. Longtime fan. We've been trying to get with this one on the book since I think like right when COVID started. So really happy to uh, talk with you and looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. So normally I read the bio of my guests and kind of give them an introduction, but uh, I, I read yours and the, uh, it, you know, it, it's interesting. And the one thing that it got me was the open wheel racing. So I'm going to let you do it. So for those who don't know who you are, what, where you've been, just give them the background of, of who Brandon is. Yes. So, gosh, thanks so much for having on. I'm happy to talk about open wheel racing anytime. So we're going to get into loyalty too. But uh, first, yes, as Rob said, Brandon Earhart, based in Chicago, Illinois. I'm in Wicker Park. Uh, I've been in the travel industry for almost 10 years now. Started with United Airlines, uh, now work at Expedia Group on the loyalty side. Uh, but yes, have a passion for open wheel racing. Um, we will be participating in the Indianapolis 500 this Sunday. The team I support is called Cusick Motorsports. Uh, our driver is Stefan Wilson. So the number 25 gnarly jerky Chevrolet will be running off uh, 33rd next Sunday. We, we could only go up from here. That's good. Indeed. <laughs> That's good. Indeed. All right. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I saw open wheel racing. And a couple of years ago, my wife got me a thing for Christmas down here at in, um, Palm Beach International Raceway, an open wheel thing. It was a Skip small Harbor, maybe. one, but it was like a four speed. And I yes. was banging the gears. It was so much fun. I yes. Mean, you can really throw pumping. those things around the corner, too. That's, that's a good time. Yeah. I spun out once, but I was passing people. I was getting flagged for passing people. You're supposed to kind of like follow, in the, follow the line. It was so much fun. But I've, I've been an F1 fan since I lived in Antigua. Uh, you know, probably I moved there in 97. Stayed there for 10 years. And it was big down there. And the guy across the street talked to me about F1. And I had never really followed it. And I probably haven't missed an episode since 1999. Wow. So I mean, you were well ahead of the Drive to Survive Formula One fan yes. crew. Because, I mean, gosh, Formula One and really open wheel racing altogether has just experienced a big boom in popularity from, since from the Netflix series. But it sounds like you were in well ahead of Netflix uh, even being an idea or a concept. Yeah. It used to be before DVRs, even though we had video, you know VCRs, but before DVRs, when it was really easy... We would have to wake up at like 2 a.m. to go down to the bar and there would be a group of people there watching it at two in the morning. It was that's that's awesome. We so I was I was telling you, I was in Indianapolis yesterday, and so the Formula One race was on at 8 a.m. So we were in the garage. Uh I wasn't working on the car, I was watching people work on the car, but we had the F1 race on in the background. It was great because our our crew is half of them are European. So to them, it was like, okay, this is amazing. You know, be eating breakfast, working on the dampers of this indie car, and then there's a Formula One race going on behind us. So really, yeah. really cool. Yeah, I'm a Ferrari fan because uh, I'm a I'm a stockholder in Ferrari. Okay, I've been I have been for a number of years, and it was just unfortunate to see what happened with Leclerc yesterday. But yeah, for anybody, a little bit of a power well, issue, it sounded like. Yeah, I don't know, just kind of crapped out on him. But yeah, anyway, these things happen. They do. Uh, so let's let's. Uh, I guess that's probably loyalty too, right? I'm loyalty for, to Ferrari, loyal to Ferrari, and uh, loyal to F1 as a brand in in what it is. And I just 
I enjoy watching it. Uh, but let me ask you this, and I ask every one of my guests, you know, from your perspective, Brandon, what, as a consumer yourself, what are some brands that you're loyal to and why? Oh, great question. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting. You bring up the Formula One example and you think about like why you become loyal to a brand. And to me, it's like, number one, the brand excites me. Number two, the brand brings me some sort of joy. Or number three, the brand makes my life easier. So uh, a brand that, you know, I'm really loyal to is Spotify. I'm a huge Spotify listener. To me, the, like them finding music for me has taken like a huge challenge out of my life and it introduce, introduces me to new music. Super simple to use. So Spotify would be one. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Nike running shoes, uh, which is like, you know, kind of, I don't know, bland, but at the same time, like I've always been a big fan of the Air Max. Uh, it's weird though, when you go back and put on like a pair of like the 95 Air Maxes, how heavy they are. It's yeah. like people ran in these. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like running with lead weights. Um, and then actually, you know, lastly on on the car front, I'm a, I'm a Porsche loyalist. So yeah, I, th I think we can have our little Ferrari Porsche battle later on. I think Porsche might be joining Formula One next year as is, but yeah, that's a brand that excites me and I think understands like their customer and what their customer is seeking. Cool. Uh, so then from a business standpoint, let's, let's, uh, you've been with Expedia how long now? Been with Expedia about coming up on seven years. Seven years. And you, you kind of, you manage the loyalty program for end users? So, so here's what I do. I have a really interesting role and, you know, you talk about, we're all like consumers ourselves. I have a really exciting job because what I do, I can benefit from. Uh, rather directly. So what we have with Expedia Group is our rewards programs today. So Expedia Rewards, Hotels.com Rewards, Orbis Rewards. And then in the future next year, we'll be launching One Key, which will be a rewards program across brand Expedia, Hotels.com, and then Verbo. What I do is I sit just to the left of the brand side in between the suppliers in our markets, in our marketplace and the travelers loyal to Expedia. And I go out and source uh, or design the programs that help source, you know, exclusive discounts like members only deals, bonus point offers, or things like free breakfast and upgrades, things we call perks. So I will take what the travelers have told our rewards programs they want, and I will help connect them with the suppliers who want to deliver it and a great experience as well. Because what we found is, you know, you can give someone additional points or a, a good deal or an upgrade the whole experience has to be good, right? From the moment you're shopping to the moment that you fill out that review, the, the hotelier has an opportunity to win loyalty to their own brand through Expedia's brand. So what we wanna do is make that easier for them and make it easy for them to reach out to our high value customers, which are Expedia Group loyalty members. Huh. So Expedia owns Verbo? We do, we do. We, Expedia Group owns Verbo. We owned HomeAway and Verbo, and then obviously those became just Verbo, uh, but yes, we own Verbo. Wow. And if you, I mean, and Rob, if you think about it, gosh, so, I, you know, travel is, and loyalty programs are ubiquitous now, and yeah. there's so many of them. I think, you know, I saw a stat, the average person is in almost 15 19. loyalty programs. 19, yeah. So like, depending on the survey, directionally we're on the same page, but yeah. only active in like five or six. Yeah. So what what I've found is, you know, gosh, if you make a, a vacation rental booking, let's say you spend $2,000. Today, 
you know, if you're booking on another site or on, you know, really any vacation rental site, there's not a great way to get more value for your money, like additional points. In our future one key program, the traveler though, will be able to earn points on that vacation rental booking. They can redeem on a flight, on a car, on a conventional hotel, on another vacation rental booking. So there's gonna be a lot of selection. And what we'll be doing for my particular role on the loyalty side uh, for the partners is really connecting the great, you know, host and great hotels and properties we have with these like strong customers that book more often, stay longer, you know, have more profitable attributes. Yeah. Huh. That's that's smart. That's a smart idea because you know, I don't necessarily think that points alone are going to make the difference in someone's buying decisions, but they're going to have some sort of um, thought process behind it saying, uh, <laughs> and it reminds me of a, a Seinfeld episode where Elaine is one sub away from these, a free sub. And yes. Jerry asks her, how do the subs taste? Eh, they're not that good. <laughs> but she has to have one because yeah, you gotta have it. one away. Well, I mean, like we've all done irrational things for loyalty. Like, so, okay, first off, I'm a, I'm a sustainable person. I'm educating myself as we go, but I will say there was a time uh, late, you know, in December where I took a plane, a United flight from uh, Chicago to LA, hopped off, got an In-N-Out burger at the airport, you know, like a block away, got back on the plane, flew back to Chicago so I could get my 1K status. Because to your point, like you're willing to do irrational things because of the benefits. And I think that's like a great sign of a good loyalty program. Not like, hey, did you get on a plane and, you know, waste, you know, your time flying around? Certainly that can be looked at as a little silly, but is the customer acting irrationally to be loyal? And that's when you know you've got a strong program. Yeah, that's true. So you think about um, what's your what's your take on the like the online shopping mall to earn points that then would be in your frequent flyer miles or, you know, everyone has one. Hilton has one and Southwest and every area. Everyone has one. Right. So. So. And in fact, um, American Express did the deal with plenty. Right. It was kind of a coalition, which is a little bit different rather than, you know, shop at many and burn at many. So, you know, the, most of them are shop at many different locations, but burn just in my currency, right? Right. So has Expedia ever thought of something like that to create its own currency? Because American Express, after plenty, uh, I don't wanna say crap to bed, but after it blew $100 million and didn't work, they actually ended up doing a deal with Rakuten now where it's they have an online shopping portal through Rakuten where people can now earn, um, uh, American Express membership rewards. So has Expedia? Yes. yes. Like so, uh, you know, as we, as we bring one key to market, which is going to be like, you know, this reimagination of our loyalty programs, absolutely in scope because, you know, more points in the marketplace or the ecosystem is great for the traveler and more opportunities for them to earn is great. I mean, here's the thing with the, with the shopping earn, because as you said, a lot of people have them. The challenge is it's like, you've got to have the timing be right for the customer and they've got to understand the value of the point, you know, cause you, you get like the promotional email and it's like earn 60,000 points for changing your, you know, cable to direct TV or for buying flowers for mother's day. And you're like, right. well, like, what is that actually worth to me? 
Is that like six bucks? I'm not sure. So you've got to make it be intuitive and like be part of the normal person shopping flow. Like I know there is one that I use frequently that um, is not part of Expedia, but is a different travel company. And I'll occasionally look if I know I have to buy a pair of shoes. Is there anyone that's offering me like 4X points? But when you can get that into the browser experience and it's like automatic and it's not a different website, that's where you're going to start to see a lot of traction. I mean, certainly there's some directional traffic today to those programs, especially with the proliferation of them. But you got to make it easy for the traveler to understand, hey, if I, you know, what is the incremental benefit to me by using the shopping portal and earning this currency? And I think there's still some opportunity there in the industry. As long as, like you said, it's easy enough and it doesn't detract from the customer's autumn, you know, they're on autopilot, generally speaking. You know what I mean? Someone does a Google search. They find something and they're like, you know, it's usually going to result in an Amazon <laughs> purchase. Yes. Right? There's something that yes. they want, which I think is like a 54% of market share of all online purchases, which is just astronomical. Um, but then, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't stop them from their normal flow of how they would do business. And that's key. So you're right. Right. But that's it's interesting you say that because. There are some opportunities that are out there, and I think maybe we'll take this offline. I don't want to bore our listeners with uh, that sort of stuff. But so let me ask you this then. From a business perspective, the, the organizations that you deal with, right, what, what are the challenges that you see that people have when it comes to engaging or um, working with, loyal, you know, earning more loyalty points? Like what, what are the challenges that you see? From the traveler side, I think it's it would be so easy to feel like you're just forgotten if you're taking four to five trips a year, right? So here's, you know, I used to be a road warrior. Uh, I would be gone 50 weeks out of the year, and it was really important to me to earn the top status of the airline I was in. And like, I, you know, obviously it was a, the highest status of the Expedia loyalty program, uh, thankfully. But the challenge I see in the industry is if you look at some of the supplier loyalty programs and just like a traveler who I would call a frequent traveler, someone who's taken five or six airplane trips a year, to business or leisure, they're not going to earn a meaningful status in, in many programs, right? And so I think I remember being in college and I like signed up for all the you know, I've got like a Northwest Airlines loyalty account, which I no longer exists. I've got a U.S. Airways account, no longer exists. Um, but, you know, you think like, hey, just because I'm part of this loyalty program, I'm going to get something. And that's not true. Uh, that's not true at all. So I think what, you know, travelers are saying, okay, there's a loyalty program for everything. You go to Jimmy John's, there's a loyalty program. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go to United Airlines, of course, there's a loyalty program. Has been for a while, but how do you make the program work for you? And to me, it's one, you got to understand it. And then two, you've got to get meaningful value early. So I think that's one of the things that Expedia rewards and hotels.com rewards does a little bit differently and what what one key will do. Um, I mean, you can start earning you know, significant benefits at what we call five trip elements. So think five room nights or five, you know, rental car days or five different one-way flights. Um, That's pretty quick. Compare that with a hotel program where you might need 25 nights and you can see pretty quickly, you know, you can earn benefits a lot faster. And that's because the suppliers are willing to fund those benefits because the Expedia Group Traveler that is taking five or six trips a year and is in the top of our, you know, loyalty program is valuable to them from an attribute perspective, whether that's the average daily rate they're booking or how long they're staying or, you know, when in the booking window, they're actually making that transaction. Um, So I think to me, 
you've got to connect with folks at on the bottom rung and help them get to that second run rung and make that first like real entry level benefit matter to the to the traveler so whether it's a discount points or perks understand the traveler and make it meaningful to them yeah and i think experience now the experience you know someone that has some sort of experiential uh benefit or reward is better than something tangible from a you know just pure value perspective and a perception of value of giving them something for free quote unquote is better than you know uh, a widget that they would get in the mail yes yes i mean i think it even extends like a step further so like let's like take a hotel example right sometimes you go to a hotel and let's say you go to a hotel and let's say you go to a hotel in Indianapolis where I was this past weekend and I get a bottle of wine for my loyalty at this hotel in Indianapolis. That's nice. That's a nice thing. I don't know that like I went to Indianapolis to like go drink a bottle of wine though. It doesn't really connect. However, if I show up to my hotel and they say, Hey, here's the deal. We have, you know, a $25 breakfast credit for you tomorrow. And Oh, by the way, we see that you know you're in town for the Indianapolis 500. Here is the museum office hours for the track. Here's a person, a tour guide that can assist you and like figure out how to get inside the track and get you access. Like that's something that adds value, right? So there's something that I'm getting that's meaningful to me, like breakfast. You generally meaningful for anyone. And then two, they're actually showing that they want to get to know me as a customer, that they want to have some sort of personalized experience. And I think personalization is going to really unlock a lot for loyalty because I think we're finding out, maybe we've always known this. We're just all really different as humans, same common core, but we all have different like wants and needs and things that really make us loyal to a brand. So allowing suppliers to tap into that in the the travel space is going to be key. And I think Expedia Group's doing a pretty good job and we're going to continue to, uh, to lead that charge. You know, it reminds me of Jeopardy because this kind of is the answer before the question. What you just yes. read to me and explained to me is kind of the question of what what does the future of loyalty look like for you from a personal perspective and a business perspective? I know you mentioned what's going on with, um, you know, with Expedia itself, but what does f- the loyalty uh, landscape look like to you as a consumer in the future? Yeah, so gosh, it's it's so exciting. And I think... COVID was this forcing function that said, okay, for many different reasons, let's pause and figure out what our loyalty programs are doing and what directions we want to take them. And I think across the industry, we've seen a lot of positive change uh, with different programs, and that's fantastic. Um, I think with Expedia Group, here's where we're focusing on. So even before you like get something extra, the value for money, we want a traveler to come to the Expedia Group websites and like understand Am I getting a great deal? Because it's really hard today, right? Like you go to any website and you look at 40 hotels and like some of them might have a strike through price, but you're not really sure. Am I getting a good deal? Because you haven't like, you don't have data in your head that says, oh my gosh, last week, this was $155 more expensive. You better book it now. So we want to make that easier for you, right? And so the first thing we're going to show you is an offer, you know, it's like offer strength, right? So we may not like display exactly, hey, this is better than it was last week, or this is better than it was six months ago. But we will allow you to like potentially track the price over time for your shopping dates. And, you know, we get to we know our customers. So we're going to move those results higher in the search search results, right? So that we know that like top 15 um, properties in a search results result about 75% of the bookings. So Mm -hmm. put the good deals up front, because then you know, the traveler is going to get something. That's only one part. You got to hit the second part too, because as I mentioned early earlier, you know you can give someone thirty percent off, but if the hotel room's full of like 
cockroaches. That's you've only got one one part of the equation, right? Yeah. So in addition to um, you know having travelers experience the scoring on you know is this a great deal? What we want to do is actually show them a score, saying we're going to predict your stay at this hotel, and based on other guests, we believe this is going to be you know an excellent experience. And I think in the past there's always been a little bit of I don't know if I want to call it trust with the marketplace, but people don't understand why the sort rankings are the way they are. We want to make that more clear to travelers and to suppliers. More visibility and transparency in the marketplace is, is a win for everyone, including Expedia Group. So we're going to help travelers find a great deal, and we're going to help them predict a great stay based on like the millions of data points that we have available to us and you know how we can kind of uh, mold that data to make sure the insight is clear to the traveler. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Data is critical, but without the clear, concise understanding of what the data means to the end user, they're just bombarded with data all day long about statistics. Exactly. And And you don't know how to use it. Yeah, it has to be simple. It has to be like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, and it's something that they could then kind of move with and, and say, all right, now I can make a decision based on that. And that's critical. You know, exactly. listen, I, I know we could talk about this all day long, but um, I think we've probably hit our threshold. Most most listeners are, you know, listening on lunch break and it lasts about 20, 25 minutes in, in today's day and age. Yeah, um, if, if that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people are eating while they're still working. But, yes. Um, uh, listen, I, I again, I could talk about it forever, but I, I wanted to thank you for your time and uh, and and explaining some of the things. And I'm, I'm looking forward to to see what Expedia comes out with um, in the future. Does it have its own credit card yet? So that's going to be part of the one key. That'll be part of the one key launch. There are some credit cards that uh, that have existed historically. I think with one key, I got a, a little a sneak peek, and it's exciting. Um, and it's again to your point, it's really having all of the different elements of loyalty. So credit card, the actual you know core earn on your on your spend or on your stays, and then allowing you to like use retail affiliates to earn points. These are all areas that we're going to be going and. Uh, really driving towards for Expedia Group. So I'd love to touch base in like a year. There's going to be a lot changing uh, as OneKey goes to market and the partner programs that support OneKey. So I'd love to connect in about a year and we could talk about all the amazing changes that travelers can now experience. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, it's funny. I'm 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 an American American Express uh, loyalist, but when we book on Southwest, we use my wife's Southwest American uh, credit card. It's a Visa, I think, or MasterCard because she earns extra miles. Yep. But you know what I mean? So that definitely has an impact on people's decision-making process. And I think if Expedia Group has that, I would book a Verbo with an Expedia credit card if I'm going to earn extra points, for sure. Exactly. And that's that's the flywheel we want to start turning, Rob. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look for you when that credit card goes live and we can talk about getting you signed up. Definitely. All right. Again, I want to thank you for your time, Brandon. I sincerely appreciate it. And I I had a great time. Uh, I want to thank our loyal listeners for investing some of their valuable time with us. If you feel you received value from the show, uh, please share. Um, This is how we grow. You can listen to the podcast on all your favorite podcast streaming services. To reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Thanks, Brandon. Awesome. Thank you, Rob. Chat soon. All right. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.